0: 272 million dollars by EU antitrust regulators for predatory pricing that pales in comparison to the 1.1 billion dollar fine the EU imposed last year on the chip maker. Of course, Qualcomm is appealing both rulings just as it's appealing a decision by a federal judge in San Francisco which would force the chip maker to change its practices. In an unusual twist, the Justice Department is now arguing against the Federal Trade Commission which brought the case. So joining me to help us sort this all out is Spencer Waller Professor of antitrust law at the Loyola University School of Law. So, federal judge Lucy Coe issued a sweeping 233 page opinion that Qualcomm had strangled competition for years. What remedy did she order?
1: So, this case relates to the way they license and sell their chips for what we would call 3G and 4G smartphones. And so, the judge found that Qualcomm monopolized and attempted to monopolize various aspects of the chip market in terms of the way it licenses technology, the way it refused to sell chips or license to rival chip makers, and the way it provided certain discounts to clients to sort of lock out competition. What's controversial about her remedy is she found that this was all illegal. She enjoined the specific business behavior that was illegal, but because it related to the old technology, 3G and 4G, she extended her injunction to the ongoing sales and licensing of the 5G technology. So Qualcomm basically has to license technology to rival chip makers. It has to live up to its promises to license all comers on fair, reasonable, and non-discriminatory terms. And it has to avoid certain exclusive dealing arrangements and certain sweetheart deals.
0: So the Trump administration interfered even before the judge's decision, asking her to consider limiting any penalties. Now it's interfering again at the appellate stage. How unusual is that? It's not
1: unprecedented, but it's highly unusual. The two agencies, this case was brought by the FTC. It is an independent agency with five commissioners appointed by the president and confirmed by the Senate. And the two agencies operate independently, although they generally go out of their way to not interfere with each other and generally not duplicate each other's efforts. This is a rare, if not completely unprecedented, this is the most aggressive I've ever seen the DOJ jumping into an FTC case.
0: Judge Koh refused to put her ruling on hold while Qualcomm appeals. So the chipmaker is asking the Ninth Circuit to do that, and the Justice Department is backing Qualcomm, saying the case threatens national security. How so?
1: The Justice Department's position is that essentially Qualcomm is the most important maker of 5G modem chips and the related technology, and it's vital for national security and energy policy, and the remedy should be limited so as not to interfere with their innovation and the rollout of 5G secure technology.
0: Is that an unusual position to take? I know that last year, the Trump administration blocked a hostile takeover bid from rival chipmaker Broadcom. Is it unusual to be so protective of a company like this?
1: Well, there's two separate things. There's the antitrust review, which is generally limited to what is the likely harm to competition. And for certain deals, there's a separate review for national security. And Qualcomm's acquisition was blocked on national security grounds. This is the first time I can think of that the Justice Department has ever gone into court to argue that an otherwise antitrust violation should be remedied in in limited ways because it also threatens national security. The Antitrust Division has really always taken the position that all they do is antitrust. All they do is analyze effects on competition. And this is a very different and important and troubling step for them to jump in, in in this particular way. It's also very troubling, because right now the technical issue is just whether the district court judge's order should be stood. But in doing so, the Justice Department's partially arguing that the FTC is not likely to prevail on appeal. So they're really signaling to the court that one agency believes the, the case is no good and the other agency just won the case below.
0: How is her order as far as you're concerned? Do you think it'll be subject to reversal by the Ninth Circuit? Well, it's a long and complicated
1: opinion. Uh, Much of it turns on, on the
0: facts and, you
1: know, the credibility of witnesses. All I can say is it's hard for me to predict what the Ninth Circuit says. I think if this case gets in front of the Supreme Court, the FTC will have some uphill sledding. Supreme Court has been very narrow in its views of Section 2 of the Sherman Act about what is and is not monopolization. You mentioned what's going on in the EU. Their law is more expansive. It covers more things. They have better theories and they have different remedies, including fines. And so the EU stuff is on pretty firm ground. And uh, at least the U.S. stuff is subject to debate, although I find the FTC case credible. And based on existing law, including when you pledge to a trade association or a standard setting body that you're going to license things in a certain way if they adopt your technology, you have to stick with that.
0: I want to ask you about the FTC's argument. In their argument opposing Qualcomm's intervention here, it says that the argument that an antitrust remedy that reduces Qualcomm's profits constitutes an impermissible threat to national security would imply that Qualcomm is immune from antitrust scrutiny. Do you agree with that? Does it go that far?
1: Well, I mean, you know, the agencies are starting to throw some sharp elbows at each other. I agree with the FTC's position on this. This has come up many other times. For example, when AT&T was being broken up, the antitrust concerns prevailed over certain parts of the government who thought that this would be bad for national security. This is an antitrust case. There are other ways to pursue the national security concerns.
0: Well, antitrust is becoming very much a part of the conversation today, and certainly uh, Qualcomm is keeping a lot of antitrust lawyers in business. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining us. That's Spencer Waller. He's a professor of antitrust law at the Loyola University School of Law. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg.